0: Welcome to the Magic and Alchemy podcast, where we talk about witchcraft, setting intentions, forgotten folklore, and mythology. Created by Tamed Wild, magicandalchemy.com is a collection of stories, rituals, and articles crafted by a variety of creators and writers, including myself, Kate Ballou, and my co-host, Kristen Lisenby.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Magic and Alchemy podcast. I'm Kristen Lizenby. And I'm Kate Ballew. So super excited about today's episode and all the magic we have planned. But before we get lost talking about tarot and community with our guests today, Kate and I just wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners and everyone out there in the worldwide witch web who has taken the time out of their day to write us a review on iTunes. Yes,
0: thank you so much. It means the world to us, really. And beyond the reviews, the messages, DMs, and emails Kristen and I receive really
1: give us life. We are so, so grateful for all of you.
0: Today, we have a very special guest, Tamil Jones. Tamil is a Cancer Sun, Leo Rising, Pisces Moon Manifester, born in Tennessee and raised in Austin, Texas. She serves the collective in her capacity as an oracle, healer, and spiritual guide, and is the founder of Overflow, a digital wellness house for people with progressive and evolving spiritualities.
1: Thank you for being here, Tamil.
0: I know Tamil from my work at Brave School, where we first connected, and her words and her work resonated with me right away. We immediately started messaging about ravens and lore about the Morrigan, the Kaliak, Bran the Blessed, and Odin. We recorded an episode on the witch wound together, speaking about the complexities of showing up as magical beings with our full embodied selves. Tamil is also a huge fan of the Baba Yaga, which is one of our favorites here, so I'm really excited that she agreed to come spend some time with us today. How are you doing, Tamil?
2: I'm doing really good. Um, we're a few days before a big full moon, a super full moon, I guess, mm-hmm. and so I feel balanced um I feel like I'm finally coming out of like that Pisces season hangover
0: yes mm-hmm. yeah Aries season is like on fire right now definitely in your own words I would love to hear you talk a little bit about your work um how did you first come into your line of work as an oracle a priestess and a sacred space holder
2: Yeah, well, I feel like I came into this work just by mothering myself and remothering myself and having to learn myself all over again, especially coming out of what most people uh, typically call the dark night of the soul. Mm. And so I use tarot um, as a divination tool to really kind of learn myself again and teach myself how to trust myself again. And I had a reading with a magical mystic by the name of JT Perry. And they told me, you know, you know, you have gifts. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And so I just started practicing and I slowly started sharing um, on Instagram under a moniker. Um, and it was the intuitive empress and I didn't really want anybody to know that I was like practicing tarot but I was just sharing the messages slowly and slowly and so that's really how I came into this work by kind of ministering to myself and then sharing it with like trusted friends and they were like crying and sobbing when they were getting readings and I was like what's happening (laughs) so it was a really communal experience and a deeply personal one
0: awesome Um, what are you doing right now that you're most passionate about
2: man right now I'm writing which is another reason why um, I love y'all so much um, and why I resonate so deeply with the work is I'm kind of really leaning back into my writing but of course I deeply love my community the community that we build at overflow we have a membership space called the sanctuary and I'm really loving getting to know the people in that space and really just connecting in a way that's deeper than just, you know, Instagram, right? Like, because I spent Mm -hmm. so much of the time that I was building up that platform and building up that community on Instagram. But it's like, wait, there's more, there has to be more (laughs) than this. And so I'm excited and passionate deeply about that work.
0: Awesome. I've been loving your poems that you've been writing.
2: Thank you. I am not much of a planner when it comes to it. And I kind of like force myself to share them as they come as downloads. And I kind of look at them as channels. Um, And so honestly, I post, y'all get them while they're hot. Uh, That may not be (laughs) the best um, method, but it worked for me with like other channel messages when I was building um, the overflow platform. So I'm just kind of like going to try and go with that.
1: So speaking of the overflow, your community, it talks about rediscovering your sacred self. And I'm just curious what that means to you.
2: For me, the sacred self is very similar to what we think of in spiritual communities as the higher self. But that um, that language sometimes feels inaccessible, right? Like it's like all these other dimensions outside of who we really are. And so I kind of termed um, it, the sacred self, because before we were um, overflow, we were a sacred life tarot. And I was like, that word, though, really, really mattered to me. And I wanted to incorporate it um, when talking about our soul and our self. And so it's really just a look at how we can ground our spiritual practices and by considering ourselves sacred and not just as something that's like in another dimension, right? It's, it's here, it's now it feels more grounding to me. So that's really what I mean by it.
1: I really like that description. What advice do you have for someone who's looking to reestablish that sacred relationship with themselves?
2: I definitely think tarot is one tool, right? Um, Because it's a reflection. It's, you know, we're talking to ourselves. I always tell my clients um, in session that what you're about to experience is a conversation with your higher self or your sacred self, right? Um, as a person that's clear cognizant I really try to I'm just giving you the messages that you already know or that are already there through the tarot so I think tarot is a really really good tool for that I think ritual is a good tool for that I'm sure a lot of your listeners most of your listeners have a really deep relationship with ritual but something sometimes rather we look at ritual as something that we're doing for a deity or based on the moon, but I really think that we can make our entire life ritual. So um, if we are looking at ourselves as sacred, everything we do is sacred. So whether that's the food that we're making, um, the baths that we're taking, uh, the conversation and the communion that we're having with people we're in relationship with and community with. um, Yeah, I think that that is how you reconnect by really being present and connected to the now moment and making it special just by your intention.
1: Yeah, sort of just finding the magic in the mundane. Exactly. Yes, I love that.
0: That's beautiful. Um, It also kind of reminds me around some language that I've heard you use before, um, kind of in relation to the archetype or the energy of the priestess or the high priestess. And I would love to hear you talk about that a little bit. Like, What does it mean to you to be a priestess?
2: It's interesting because I kind of joke and call myself like a practical priestess because (laughs) the way (laughs) I view myself is not how I might view other priestesses. It's not that it's any less sacred. It's just that my life is a little more, you know, I have three children and, um, it just doesn't look as magical as you (laughs) might, you know, see, it might seem. Um, but that's one way is I do think that making a way out of no way. Um, which is a saying um, in Black community um, is, is part of being a priestess for me. It's like making something out of nothing. And so that's one way that I look at being a priestess. Another way that I view the priestess is really as a communal archetype. So while we're all able to embody the priestess or the high priestess as it is represented as an archetype in the tarot, I think honoring the fact that priestesses work people that the community sought advice from is really, really important. Um, Not because you're putting somebody on a pedestal, but also grounding this service uh, or grounding your gifts in service is really the way that I view being a priestess.
0: I have truth bumps on my arms. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, The high priestess also plays an important role in the tarot. So how do you kind of see um, her archetype within the major arcana and what can she kind of inspire or challenge?
2: I think the challenge um, with the high priestess is neutrality and kind of emptying yourself of ego, but not in the way that you dismiss yourself or you dismiss your personality or you dismiss your desires, but it's really about surrendering to spirit and being like, what are you trying to tell me? Not what am I trying to get across? And so really going right behind the veil to see what is for you and kind of making that sacred and keeping it for you, like everything isn't for everybody. And that's another uh, lesson or piece of medicine that I think uh, the high priestess gives us in the tarot.
1: So, Tamil, in your work and also in your personal life, how do you spend time with the tarot?
2: So, in my work, I usually use the tarot to tell me what it is that I need to focus on in my business. I use it as a divination tool. So, when I say practical priestess, that's what I mean. I, like, use my divination tools for everything. Like, spirit, what do you want me to do? I'm just going to do whatever you tell me to do. Um, so I use the tarot in that way, even for content, right? So we have messages called the daily flow. And so I channel messages from the tarot. I don't always show the cards that I pull, but that's where those messages come from. And then of course I use the tarot for monthly messages. So you'll usually see those on the overflow Instagram. Um, sometimes those are just Oracle cards and we go deeper with the tarot inside the sanctuary, but it's a really, really big part of my life and my work.
0: Do you have any advice for our listeners? Like a lot of people are kind of just starting out and have like questions on beginning or kind of like those first steps, like any advice about that or engaging with the tarot or kind of working or connecting with the archetype of the high priestess in their practices?
2: I think that you kind of teed up a really good way to get to know a deck once you get it, right? It's like using the High Priestess as a card to like anchor, um, getting to know that card um, and what it represents in the deck. But more generally, um, when you get a new deck or if you're new to the practice, one of the first questions that I always ask the deck is how do you see me? I love that. Yeah, I I really do too. (laughs) Um, I didn't get it from myself. Um, There's a deck called the Dust to Onyx Tarot by Courtney Alexander and it's in her book and that's why I started doing it. Um, How do you see me? And then another question that I ask is, how do you want to be used? And so some of us who read tarot or for others, so all they know that all decks don't want to be used for other people. Sometimes they just want to be used um, for us. And so just kind of listening to those responses from the deck is good to know. And then asking the deck, like, what's your energy? Like, what is your vibe? And the deck can kind of tell you, hey, this deck is for cutthroat messages. Like when you need no nonsense answers, <laughs> or this deck is for when you need like nurturing and tenderness and care. And so those are my tips.
1: Love that advice. So, Tamil, Kay, and myself, also our listeners, are huge book lovers. And since we only have time for one more question, I wanted to ask if you're reading anything really great right now or if there's another book out there that really speaks to you and that you might be willing to share with us.
2: Yeah, so I actually just uh, I'm in the middle of reading Undrowned. Um, which is an amazing book. It's lessons basically from Black, um, uh, I don't know, it's by Alexis Gumbs, but the subtitle, I can't think of it, but it is something around the lines of like lessons from mammals and Black feminists. And it's really, really good. It's called Undrowned, but I'm in the middle of it, but I love it so much. It's a book of meditations. And then what I just got finished reading is Mary Magdalene Revealed. And I actually read it through when I was getting my hair braided the other day and I was just sobbing and really thinking and looking at Mary Magdalene as a high priestess yes um Mm -hmm. and that was just so powerful for me and I highly recommend
0: it's so interesting so many people are reading that book it keeps popping up um it's wild yeah (laughs) makes sense
2: Mm -hmm. powerful
0: have you read it Kate No, but um, I think I saw it on your Instagram, Tamil, and I wrote it down to um, add to my list.
2: (laughs) I feel like our whole Brave School family has been talking about it as well. So, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. A must read. A lot of our listeners are always asking for recommendations on tarot decks or oracle decks so is there one that you particularly are drawn to
2: i think everybody should have the original um, pamela coleman smith rider Waite deck the smith rider weight everybody should yes. have it so it's a great way to start for fundamentals But for oracle decks, especially those who are kind of like, I don't know about the tarot. I don't know if I can, I want to learn a new discipline or a new practice. I highly recommend oracle decks. And my favorites right now are the Enchanted Map Oracle by uh, Colette Baron reed And then the Threads of Fate oracle deck. It's amazing.
1: Ooh, I like the sound of that one.
0: Yeah, same. Um, And then I think before we go, do you have any kind of... um, messages or insights as we move through the spring and through Aries season for our listeners?
2: Yeah, rest. Um, I know that we're coming out of winter season and we're probably tired of it,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, but as things ramp up, we need to be really intentional and mindful about how we're using our energy. Like, yeah, we want to be out there. Yeah, it's time to connect, but obviously still in a pandemic so be mindful of that number one and number two just ease into it ease into it um, so that you can go into the summer seasons with more intention and more playfulness and more energy and not kind of like burn out because you kind of had a false start in every season
1: before we go can you tell our listeners where they can find you and connect with your work
2: Yes. So you guys can connect with me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is Tamil Jones, uh, T I M I L Jones. And the overflow's Instagram is the overflow with no W. So at the overflow. And our websites are overflow.co. And then my website's tamiljones.com. And I would love to connect with y'all. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Magic and Alchemy, a podcast from Tamed Wild. Again, we're Kate Ballou and Kristen Lizenby. You can find us online at k8ballou and at East and Alchemy. Send us all of your questions, comments, or just say hello via email at podcast@tamedwild.com. You can view all the amazing offerings from Tamed Wild on their Instagram at tamedwild or on the blog magicandalchemy.com
1: join us for next week's episode where we talk about surrealism and magical realism and their relationship to magic. Just a reminder that magic and alchemy are always available to those who know where to look for it. So mode it be or something better. Until next time.